You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. All right, guys, we've got a fun show for you today. Our friend Alistair Weaver is in the studio. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Tesla <laughs> Cybertruck. And, uh, and Goldberg's going to tell us about uh, going to Saudi Arabia for this inaugural uh, car event, sort of a, sort of a, a, a SEMA-type show and car auction and lots of stuff to get into. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about GEICO. Everybody's got a to-do list. You're dropping off your dry cleaning, maybe pick up some milk. Now you can add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. You don't have to drop off or pick up anything. Just go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to do you can do today. Go to GEICO.com. And of course, our friends at Dodge. You don't have to wait until Black Friday to get a great deal. You can hurry into the Dodge Black Friday sales event today where it's easier than ever to get a new Dodge Durango because we've got employee plus pricing all month long. No matter where the season takes you, the Dodge Durango is here to make every trip this season a breeze. Because you're behind the wheel of a Dodge Durango. You're behind the wheel of a performance-driven SUV. And whether you're rolling out with friends or family, you'll be able to fit everyone with the Durango's seven-passenger seating capacity. So no more waiting in line and no more camping out because Employee Plus pricing is here. It's in November all month long. Hurry into your Dodge Black Friday sales event today. All right, let's get started. Welcome to CarCast. I am Matt, the moderator, D'Andrea. Uh, we're in the studio with our buddy Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com. How are you, Alistair? I'm good. Thanks, Matt. Good. And, uh, and Bill Goldberg calling in from his, uh, from his new pad in Texas. Oh, man, it's been an exciting week. Uh, I, you know, we toured the LA Auto Show, and that was kind of fun. And then Tesla did a thing. Uh, yeah, and, that's what uh, you could call it. Yeah. And, uh, and Goldberg went to Saudi Arabia for uh, for what what seemed like a cool event on social media, but might not be as cool as you would have thought. But uh, uh, lots to talk about today. Let's um, let's go ahead and and get started, Bill, buddy. How is how is your trip to Saudi Arabia? <laughs> uh, you know, let's just say that. Um... <clears throat> All in all, it was uh, it was a hell of a long journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. once, once you take each facet of it, whether it be the uh, 16-hour flight plus the two-hour flight plus the other two-hour flight, uh, or the uh, you know the the overall tone of it, man, it was what you have to understand is it was the inaugural event. It was the first time sure. that anything like this had happened over there, and uh, you grab a, a cornucopia of people from the car world. And, you know, 400 cars on display and God knows how many, uh, performing, uh, it, you know, it, it has the ability to maybe go awry in one area or, or two. And I'm, I'm trying to, to calm it down a little bit, but, you know, all in all, it was a great experience, but it was, it, it, it's truly something that needs to be massaged a bit. Um, the, the culture is so much different. It's like landing on Mars and trying to do, you know, an, an automobile auction. Yeah. Um, so they, wait, they back up a little bit. Back up a little bit and just tell us what the event was because it's it's a little confusing. Everybody who follows uh, the car world on social media just sees like you and everybody from Discovery Channel and History and all this stuff. Everybody's there, but nobody knew why everyone was there. It's sort of sort of a SEMA show and a big cars and coffee and an auction. It was sort of like SEMA week meets Monterey car week, you know, at, at one big sort of curated event, right? In the, in the middle. Yeah. Throw it in a blender and <laughs> take one part, C- <laughs> one part SEMA, you know, one part, uh, 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 power tour, one part cars and coffee, uh, you throw a whole lot of celebrities, a whole lot of bitching rides, whether it be exotics or whether it be, uh, you know, American muscle, uh, drag cars, any kind of race car you're ever going to imagine, you know, from the teens to, to current day cars, I brought my demon over there 
And uh, it's it's literally like like unloading that package in the middle of the desert and trying to educate people um, on the fly. And it was really tough. Um, like I said, this podcast didn't long enough for me to, to kind of debrief it. But um, all in all, it was a terrific experience. Uh, you know, we were part of the inaugural event. Um, you have to set your expect. You have to be realistic with your expectations. I think mine were a little high. I think everybody's were a little high, but it was you know, sold. You, it was hyped once you, up under, to once you understand us. the dynamics of it, yeah, um, it's it's a completely different culture. Period. You know, and you really don't have to go any further than that. I, I got to say, the people were absolutely wonderful. They it, they were so accommodating, but they don't know. They didn't know exactly each step along the way. You know, the cars were, were stationed, uh, you know, in a dirt parking lot right outside the auction where you're having to drive across, across the block. And, you know, there were $100,000, $100,000 cars to $10 million cars going across the block. And you've got, you know, things that, you know, i.e. Kendig's cars, you know, that he spent, you know, God knows how long to fabricate these beautiful pieces of machinery. And they're filthy going into the tent. It's just, you know, there, each as, aspect of it was, it, it, it was a struggle. But all in all, I think it's, it's, it's an event that, uh, you know, the next time they're definitely going to learn from their mistakes. Uh, you, can't, you can't really assume that it's going to go off without a hitch. I mean, we all, like I said, we all had very high expectations um, you know, cars were late being delivered. You know, it's, it's hard to point the finger in, in, you know, at one entity when, you know, it's a, it's a group effort of, you know, transport, you know, uh, you got to wait on, on customs to come by. Well, customs came by at their normal time, probably two o'clock every afternoon. And, you know, you've got guys waiting on million dollar vehicles to come out of the pods and uh, all in all, it just was a, a bit of a cluster. So um, I think they're going to learn from their mistakes. And any time that this event is put on in the future, it's going to learn from that. And, and hopefully it'll be a much more pleasurable experience. But like I said, the, the, the things that you would assume are going to be, you know, sketchy were yeah. not. The travel was spectacular. The accommodations were unbelievable. The, the people were just I mean, I was brought to tears by a couple of these kids that were brought through the line, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, their, their passion, you know, for the celebrities, for, for the vehicles, um, it's there. It's just, it's, it's blending cultures. It's, you know, not having security around your vehicle and having people gawk over them and unfortunately scratch them from maybe from time to time. So, I mean, it was, it, it was, it has great potential. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Would you would you do year two or do you wait for year three or four to go back? Well, it depends on how year two is set up. It's yeah. it, it's completely dependent upon who's involved. It's a completely dependent upon you know rectifying the issues that that were at hand. Um, I'm not going to say I'm going to bail on it, but I'm surely not going to want to go next week. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, because um, I know Saudi you know, Arabia is putting a lot of money into sportsmen, like the next Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz fights, also in Saudi Arabia. How do you see all that? And shaking? what isn't? You yeah. know, everything, like you said. It's, yeah. Go ahead, Alistair. I'm sorry. No, no. So, Bill, I was just saying that you know they're investing so much in 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 these massive signature events. Uh, you know, it's interesting times. But, but sort of. Um, Sort of American events, like they they want like well, yeah, these car and, shows, and, and, and you know they they're they're bring, hey the Anthony Joshua Reeves fight that that's not a, a cheap bit of entertainment. Yeah. You know, taking what our uh, event and taking over there, it's not a cheap bit of entertainment. It's put it this way, they, they have very tight restrictions on vehicles. Okay, yeah, and the general public maybe did not know that the restrictions were lifted for every vehicle that was sold during that auction. So yeah. if you bought Pedregon's, you know, 8,000 horsepower, you know, uh, funny car, then you could have driven it home. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I saw the sign, uh, uh, whoever put it up, the Royal Family Prince or whatever, who sort of uh, quarterbacked this whole event, just they had a big sign that says, anything you sell at auction is granted street legal indefinitely. I don't care what it is, as, as sort of a way to incentivize people, which is interesting, but uh, it, it's it's. Good to hear 
about the good things that happened. The people seem to have a good time. Uh, you guys were taken care of uh, fairly well, which is good. But the things that they aren't used to, look, people travel and stay in hotels and do that stuff all the time. But putting on an event like this is new. So their event planners probably have no concept of how to do an event like this. And our event planners and organizers out here in this country don't know how to work with that country, don't know what their rules are, don't know what to ask for, don't know what the lead time is on stuff. Yeah, but, but, so, but, but i got to interrupt you, Matt. Yeah. Here's the deal. You always have to have contingency plans, and you always have to plan for the worst. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I don't really know that any blame can be put on, you know, the other side, because if if you're planning for the worst and you have contingency plans, then then you're prepared. Um, I, I, I've got to just say, and I don't point fingers, but worldwide, you know, left a lot to be desired to say the least. Oh, the auction I mean, house. The, yeah. Yeah. The, the lack of, the lack of communication was appalling. So, you know, that, that's, that's the only negative I can say. Um, you know, you, you, you have a lot of factors that are wonderful pieces of the, of the puzzle, but if you don't have the glue that holds it together, yeah, then you, you're done. You know, I mean, the thing's going to implode. It's just a matter of time. Now, well, I'm not going to say that the, the event imploded by any stretch of imagination, but but from the bridges, you know, uh, the bridges that were supposed to have been built were were destroyed before. You know, they we could even walk across them. Right. Yeah. So. It was a struggle. Um, it was, it was, it's worth the struggle. It's the inaugural event. You know, you look at the, at the docket of what's going to happen in Saudi Arabia and they are not holding back. They're, they're trying to open up the floodgates and bring westernized culture over there. Yeah, you know, except and, I saw. And, and you have to applaud that, but there's going to be hiccups and there's going to be bumps, you know, along the way. And it's unfortunate that, you know, Hey, mine was exacerbated by my situation in that I just moved into a house. I've been on yeah. the road for six weeks. You know, you, you, I, I get here, I, uh, you know, I, my stuff's still in boxes. And then I, I board a plane and go 17, 18 hours to Saudi Arabia and stay there for five, six days. And, um, you know, you just wish it would have been been uh, a little smoother. That's all. Yeah. Sometimes these things are good in hindsight, though, just for the sheer experience. I used to run events in a previous life, and I know how stressful it is to. Put oh, those I'm things sure. Up. Like they're they're hectic for sure. And maybe don't start so big from the first one. Maybe it's okay to go small and then grow a little bit bigger. I, I you know, the whole vendor booth section. We had friends over there, uh, Centerforce clutches and Roush and classic recreations. I saw them all standing around in booths with nothing in it. So, well, I, that's I, that was part of the part of the, the the puzzle too. My, you know, the auction started on on Friday at five thirty, and I got my car Friday. Or, excuse me, it started uh, Saturday at five thirty, and I got my car Saturday morning. You know, yeah. and I had already been there for three days with an empty booth, and it, you know, it's just you're kind of caught with your thing and your thing. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's a. It's, you know, there were a lot of people that took a lot of merchandise and I was one of them and the payment, the payment process, right. You know, you want things to be smooth, especially in this day and age, everywhere you are, especially at the inaugural event. And you want to put on the best performance possible and you, and first impressions are everything. And, you know, if you have customers, you know, fans coming up to your booth, and they want a piece of merchandise and you have to give them a ticket for it. And they have to take the ticket and go pay and then come back to you and with the receipt and then get the, the item. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a painful process. So I ended up giving away every single piece of my merchandise. <laughs> you didn't want um, to haul it back home. I tell you, I, I you uh, mentioned the auction. Well, unfortunately I got a car to bring back home so I could have put it back in the car. Oh, that's, that's right. Not the yeah. impression that you want to leave. You know, yeah. okay, I, wanted so to, I wanted to touch a, a different group of people and you know, I don't know, 70% of the people that went through my line were kids and you know, I'm not going to, they should not suffer throughout the process, no matter how painful it is. So I gave away all my stuff and I did it with a smile on my face. You know, a lot of people in that situation can't do that because that's, that's their bread and butter. I'm very fortunate that, you know, the car business is a passion for my, of me, of mine. And it's, it, it only, you know, represents a, a portion of what I do. So, you know, the, the people who make a, who make their living on it, you know, I feel much worse for them. 
You know, you talked about the auction. There was something like 120 cars listed on the worldwide auction. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm looking at the Hammer Price uh, app, which lists all the cars. And I think four sold. I don't even know how the four sold. There was nobody there in the room, I guess, that was bidding. And here's there the were, thing. There were like 15 people in the crowd when my car went across, and one of them was Rawlings. <laughs> you know, and it's buddies, yeah. and so there there wasn't there wasn't money. Yeah, you had cars there. Richard Rawlings had cars there. Kindig, a bunch of people had cars there. But the thing that always confuses me is that I'm just going to tell you guys this. So when you go to an auction, when you go to any of the high end auctions, Monterey, you know, Amelia Island, if there are no bids on your vehicle, the auctioneer can simulate bids. If you're if you're let's say you let's say you're selling a car for five hundred thousand, your let's say your reserve price is five hundred thousand, your estimate is five to seven, and there's not a single bid. Now the auction house cannot bid against anybody. You can't artificially drive up the bid, but they don't want to ruin the value of your car. So if there's not a single bid, the auctioneer will go. 100,000, 200,000, 400,000, and get you close to the estimated price and then, and then close the bidding. And, that, and it was, it's all fiction. And I'm looking at this list of cars and I'm like, this all has to be fiction because nobody was bidding, but the fictional prices are batshit crazy. <laughs> There's a 1981 BMW M1. Cool car. Yeah, very cool car. Not an M1 Pro car, by the way. Which a million the ra- bucks. Million dollars for, with, a, with a high bid, no sale. That's a crazy number to begin with. Like, If you're going to lie about the number, come, come with something reasonable. But I get they don't want to like ruin that guy's car, ruin the value of that guy's car. But it's not even an M1 Pro car. It doesn't have any real history to it. Like, I don't know. I don't know where these came from. I, I couldn't to believe it. I was, but, sitting there, I was sitting there when that car went across. But, yeah. I well, couldn't believe it. You know, we were saying before we came on air, but I was at a Tesla event last week. And it, yeah, it let's seemed to, into that, too. It seemed to, to me that I was coming in saying I was at the craziest event, but it sounds not. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like, <laughs> sounds like Yeah. No. No. Uh, oh my god. All right. So Can we please can we please segue to the Tesla? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Tesla. First I'm going to tell you guys about Zorro. Uh our friends on Zorro. If you guys purchase supplies for a business, you know that it's nearly impossible to find everything you need in one place. That's why there's Zorro.com where their number one goal is to make your life easier. It's Zorro, Z O R O.com. It's where you'll find everything you need for businesses of almost any size in almost any industry. Zorro.com has tools and equipment, safety and office supplies, cleaning supplies, and more. And Zorro has tons of stuff for industries like electrical, plumbing, contracting, manufacturing, pretty much anything you can think of. And you'll find brands that you know and trust, like Stanley, 3M, Milwaukee, Schneider, and Rubbermaid, just to name a few. Zorro.com offers amazing customer service for all people anywhere pretty much here uh, all over the U.S. Right now, you'll enjoy fast, free shipping on orders of $50 or more. And if you don't have a business to shop for, you can still find lots of great items at Zorro.com. Here's the deal. Go to Zorro.com slash CarCast, sign up for their Z-Mail newsletter, and get 15% off your first order. Just go to Zorro.com slash CarCast for 15% off. All right, so uh, may, may may I? I got to interject. Yes, and I'm sir. sorry. Um, before we, I got to put a positive button on the end of that. If we don't <laughs> mention the event again, yeah, there's a there's a grandfather guy who you and I know, and I call him grandfather because man, he's been around the business so long. But if it was not for him, I would have my head would have exploded, and I wouldn't have been able to leave Saudi without you know feeling comfortable about my vehicle being loaded back on. But Richard Waitus. Oh yeah did an unbelievable job at trying to, you know, piece this thing together for, you know, his friends, i.e. the entire car community. So um, I would be remiss in, in moving on if I didn't, you know, really give him a pat on the back because, man, I love him and he he's invaluable. And you know, you know what a guy he is, but he went above and beyond. You know, Richard Waitis is, uh, is our friend at Magnaflow Exhaust and, uh, you know, his job there is, is you know, he, he puts together the whole SEMA show thing for them and does all the marketing stuff and, and does all the coordination with the TV buys and all that stuff. But you realize this guy's 
job, what makes him so good is he knows how to handle relationships. He he appreciates the relationships with people, and uh, he's 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 helped me immensely uh worked on my cars and and all sorts of things and not just that but when he comes up to la we grab a lunch we grab a dinner and he's such an advisor on the industry he's he's a rock star and i know he's quarterback some of your builds and and uh it's been just a, a fountain of information as well so um i agree with that richard waitus is the best and there's so many good people in the industry that we work with but uh he's just one of those guys that uh goes above and beyond again and again so love that guy um. Yeah. Good. Good call on that one. Good shout out to Richard Waitis. Um. All right. So talking about shit shows. <laughs> you said it. I didn't. Thank you. Uh. A big announcement from Tesla this week. Uh, <laughs> our friend Alistair was there. I saw you like your live video, like you were like posting or or uh, on Twitter, and. Uh, I couldn't tell if it was a joke. I don't know if you could tell if it was a joke. It's definitely not joking month, like because it's not April first. But uh, what? What the hell? What's going on? It was it's just all a ploy to get everybody to just do this, come into podcasts and write about stuff and post stuff. Or yeah, I mean, he's great for great for website traffic, isn't he? Um, it was. I tell you, when you when you were there, it was more. You got a very different perspective from because we had a lot of guys back at the office and probably probably you guys were watching it on on the live stream, and when you're there, you almost got like a different take on it. Because so we turned up and outside there was the uh, Back to the Future DeLorean. Then when you went inside, there was Elon Musk's uh, Bond car submarine Esprit that he bought a, yeah, an RM auction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which are all these kind of Gijaretal design, 1970s, that angular shape. So so you're sort of setting setting the scene. And then you go in and you get all this fanfare and Elon comes out. And I've been to a few of these before. So he started talking and he, he set it up as this is actually quite sensible. Look, this is the size of the truck market. This is a real opportunity. And you think, ah, oh, the investors are loving all this. Yeah, yeah. This is sensible talk. Then this thing, uh, the door opens. This thing, this thing appears on the stage. But it doesn't look anything uh, like this concept drawings of a long time no. ago that he did. Like he so, had a truck drawing. So it doesn't look like anything we've ever seen, <laughs> apart from a hint at these sort of 1970s Yajaro uh, sort of angular shapes. So then you're like, well, also, it didn't sort of make sense that he brought it out so early, because normally at these events, he rambles on for an hour and a half, and then the car appears, like at the Model Y. So you said again, okay, we're in SpaceX, this is coming too early, and, you know, this is a, a thing to talk about Mars or something like that. So anyway, the show goes on, and then they had that bit where they threw the metal ball bailing Franz, the designer, <laughs> and, who I know quite yeah. well, threw the belt bowling, and it broke. And even then, when you're there, you're like going, oh, maybe that's just part of the gig. Right. Okay, so if you missed that, he said it has shatterproof glass, and he invited yeah. one of his friends, co-workers, whatever, uh, Franz, out, the, the designer, the, the chief designer, designer of Tesla. With a metal yeah. ball, and he throws it at the glass, the glass shatters, and he's like, oh, that didn't go right, try it again. <laughs> And it shatters again on the back but, window. But, but when you were there, when you were actually there, you weren't sure whether that was like part. You were, that was like an in joke. Yeah. So, and I at every moment I expected something to happen. Like I expected almost if it broke, then maybe it'd be like an Easter egg that would that shape would go. You know, would peel away. To oh yeah, the real yeah that would have been funny. So then you just expect you expected Benny Hill to pop out, <laughs> right? So, run around in circles. So, so this goes on a bit, and and then Elon and then Elon said got, got to the end. Oh, uh, and one more thing. You're like, ah, now the yeah, truck's finally. coming. Now I don't know the truck's finally. Coming. And then and then from to my right, because I was basically by the door where all the vehicles came out of, this ATV appeared, and you're like, okay. And then it sort of continued. The ATV came in, and then he walked off the stage, and even then. I think me and a bunch of other people were like, our eyes were following because we're like, any moment from now, like there's going to be a thing, something's going to happen and we're going to reveal it. And nothing ever did. So even, I mean, that was a funny event. So everyone was still like a little quiet going, I don't understand what's going on. Everybody's kind of amused. And you, and the, the thing is you sat there and, or you stood there in my case thinking, is that it? What's actually happening here? And then even the Teslarati, because there's very little media at these events. It's yeah. mainly just Tesla fanboys. Yeah. And fanboys, you know, it's very male-dominated. And and you kind of was just – everybody was sort of looking at each other, and then they realized this was it, and, and this was this is what they were presenting. And then from then, the kind of evening went on, and I got to have a ride in it, which was – How was that? 
Well, when you get into it, it's the interior is almost like a, a Model 3 with a, a slightly bigger screen. And they had got this really cool little facial effect, which apparently is made of, of uh, paper but looks looks like marble. And it's a two-times, three-row truck. And, you know, it's got a big battery electric motor. They drove us down the road and they drove us back again. So it's it's difficult to to work anything out of that. But the thing that really struck me is a truck for Tesla is a complete open door. You know, there's a huge market, well over a million vehicles a year. And, and you know, it just seems such an obvious thing for them to do. And now they've come out with this stainless steel. I mean, you can't build it in that form that it's in. It wouldn't meet the – it wouldn't meet – It's stainless the, steel. It's stainless steel. Which is why he had his DeLorean parked out front. Had his DeLorean. And one guy <laughs> said to me, one of the guys said to me from Tesla, oh, this could be our DeLorean moment. I was like, you don't know your history of DeLorean, mate, if you say that. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right? Think that ended, it was a good documentary. It was a good uh, movie. I think the, that the ended DeLorean in movie. disgrace and jail as far as I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're just left with this truck, which all our understanding of you can't really build because it won't meet crash, it won't meet this, it won't meet that. And even Elon's come out now and said, yeah, we don't really know how we're going to build it, but we'll get there. But he took deposits on it. Yeah, deposits for a hundred. I mean, interesting. In the past, the deposits have been like a thousand bucks. Now it's a hundred. A hundred dollars. Okay. So it doesn't seem like a lot, but he, but he's getting deposits. If you get a couple of hundred thousand at a, at a hundred bucks, about 20 million, but 20, you know, it sounds like a lot of money to you and I, maybe not Bill, but you and I at least. (laughs) Uh, And it, And but in car terms, you know, in terms of what it costs to develop a vehicle, honestly, it's not a lot of money. No, but he doesn't need it to pay for the truck. He needs it to pay for the other stuff he's still working on. Oh, so man. it <laughs> it was a funny man. And you just the Model Y was actually the first time Tesla has done a, what you would call a very sensible thing, which is to put an SUV body on a Model Three chassis. Yeah, that's total common sense. This you're just like, why don't you build something that looks like the Rivian or a F one fifty, but a bit cooler? Yeah, and you would sell. Hundreds of thousands. Of oh, I, I don't get it. It was uh, it was a funny. There was another funny tweet that came out. Um, very very. I don't have it in front of me, but it was very smart, very well written, and it was the ATV that he brought out for no apparent reason. Yeah. Looked I guess it looked a lot like like Yamaha's like ATV. I believe it's Yamaha's ATV, and uh, and they de- they tweeted out a statement that said. Uh, we have no affiliation and no communication with Tesla. We have no involvement with that ATV. Uh, but it doesn't surprise us that it looks like one of ours because ours is the best-selling ATV in the world. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well said. Good job. That, that, that's the thing. Like Ford's now doing this challenge of F-150. Because that, that little video of it pulling the F-150 was, was, was nonsense as well in that it was pulling it uphill and it was in, in, in rear-wheel drive. So every, the thing about Tesla is everybody – Everybody clings to the coattails. I mean, I see it from the traffic to our site or the traffic to our social. We had one of our biggest social weeks ever last week, partly fed by, by the Mustang. We talk yeah. about that in a minute, but also fed by the Tesla stuff. Everybody laps it up. So it's it's the, difficult the to know whether this is The fact that it's a- kind of over the top and gimmicky just sort of feeds the machine. Actually, Bill, this is a question for you because – uh, you've had a long relationship with Vince McMahon, who runs WWE, and Vince McMahon will go down as one of the greatest marketers of all time. And and like you, you can't you can't discount a guy like him when you when you look at guys like a Steve Jobs and a Vince McMahon. Like they they're in the same category, and Elon Musk is sort of the next generation of that. But I, I, does that strike a chord with you of all at all, uh, Bill? Because Elon's a little bit like what a Steve Jobs or a Vince McMahon was as they were putting things together in the heyday, right? You know, uh, who uh, somebody famously said uh, uh, publicity, whether good or bad, is publicity. Mm-hmm. I think this falls into that category. I, I, there's, a way, there's definitely a way that you can liken all of those people that you mentioned together, but they're different different iterations of the same thing. Um, it's a it's a carnival atmosphere. And that's kind of what Elon has presented from the beginning. But this I man, I this this is a sideways move. I mean it's, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't I mean I see where you can get the analogy for sure because Sometimes wrestling is as ridiculous as it comes, but at the end of the day, um, if you create a stir, whether it be good or bad, you're having people talk about your product. 
So, you are, but um, the share price. The interesting thing is the share price tanked. Yeah, the share yeah, price tanked. Question. But look at, look at. I mean, you cannot predict anything that that guy is doing. Whether it's Vince, whether it's Elon. Um, so, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really understand that realm in that. Uh, what what I, there's no explanation as to what no so this by the way this isn't this isn't uh you know Elon Musk doing XFL or WWE casino two big failures right like this isn't that the problem is is Elon's gotten in trouble with stuff he's tweeted out. He's been fined by the SEC. So it's been out there already going this guy's a little nuts. He's a little nuts. But He's he's a visionary and he's running a good company, arguably. But now he does a huge press conference about a product. This is all about Tesla. And now I think the shareholders are going, his crazy has gone beyond his Twitter rantings to something that's going to affect our, affect our bottom line. He can't actually make this thing and shouldn't because it's terrible. <laughs> uh, you know, I got. I'm going to stop you there, Matt, because I looked at this thing and you know what? I I I thought I'd like one of these, but I mean, I'm a little bit eccentric too. But I looked at this and I thought I want one of these. I mean, part of it is there's a lot of rational thought that said actually this isn't a good business decision. It isn't this. It isn't that. But I love the fact that this stuff exists. Not just because we can come and sit here and talk about sure, it. Sure, it's wacky, but we have a Pagani. So we have boring. you know, we have all kinds of crazy stuff out there but as a shareholder you're going to go this is the competitor to the f-150 no this oh, is oh, not as a shareholder yeah, yeah but as an enthusiast i love <laughs> as it. an enthusiast you're like i want to drive it i want to see what i'm yeah. going to do well, the memes and, are and crazy also, as an enthusiast it's good that you still have choices and that everything doesn't look alike so you know because in the elect in the world of electro electrifying vehicles you know the teslas as far as i'm concerned look like a, an old taurus yeah, you know, I mean, it doesn't have a lot of character to it. So to see that he's going all the way at the other end of the spectrum, I mean, I guess a piece of me does go, you know what? That's kind of cool that you can go that far sideways, you know, um, and, and break the mold. But I, I, I can't understand anything. But I, I think the other thing is, what is the truck market in the U.S.? Yeah, yeah, I want one, but it's too big for me because I live in I live in L.A., so it's not really going to work for me. You know, the truck market is generally a pretty conservative place in this country with both a little C and a big C. Look, but you just you just said it. You hit the nail on the head. You want one. You're not getting one. Right. Like, it's too big. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to get. You want one, but it doesn't like the new Defender School. I love the Range Rover, the yeah. Land Rover Defender. The two door looks awesome. I love that idea. I'm not getting one. Right, I'm just gonna. I'm not getting one. It's cool. I want one. I might I'm not, get one I'm not, of those. I'm not getting one. You should get one. I might get one of you those. You should yeah. get one of those because it's quirky and it fits and it's bad. It's British and it's two door and it fits the fits the lifestyle. But look, I, you know, for whatever reason, like I, I love the GT500, Shelby GT500. I probably won't get one. It's just not what I need in my life right now. I want one. And and that's not as batshit crazy uh, as the Tesla truck. I was just being built in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know yours is on the way. That's why I don't need to get one. Just bring yours over uh, here. <laughs> it, it, it's um no, it was great. And obviously that last week started, or actually the week before, I went up to Detroit to look at the Mustang Mac. I'm getting so much the crap Mustang. On, I'm getting so Mach much e. crap on on YouTube and elsewhere for calling it the Mac E because that's how I say Mac. Like. Concord and all the rest of it was 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 Mac. Something. How do you say McDonald's? McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> and apparently, I'm supposed to say mock, as in like coffee. Mock. Yeah. Mock. Mock. Like e. like I'm mocking you. Yes, that's how you're supposed to say it. Okay, I'm getting so much crap on YouTube. <laughs> um, well, no offense, but you should. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we, What's with this bullshit you know, we, crazy we, we, accent we, you're making? We have up? to we have to adjust and adapt and overcome. So I mean. You got to be realistic about your audience right now. If you count them out, I, I got to be honest with you uh, because and, we know you. Yeah, what's your opinion, uh, uh, we, Matt? We, I mean, you're a Mustang guy. We know you. We love you. I saw your video, and the first time you said it, I giggled. <laughs> a little bit, I giggled. <laughs> there you go. And then I just kept going with what it. What I didn't get is Charlie, the cameraman, uh, uh, yeah. who is a full time. He, he spent the whole day with me in Detroit. And at no point did Charlie ever say to me, mate, I think you're, uh, I think yeah. you're pronouncing it wrong. Yeah, no, he's just like, I'm going to send this back into corporate. They're going to edit it. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> no, it was good. The video was good. The video's the video been was a huge success for us. I love you guys got an inside look on it. 
Um, but uh, let, let's talk about it a little bit. Um, you know, I, I came in and, and Bill and I did a show. Adam and I did a show because it's such a big deal. Uh, we got into a little bit like why I call it a Mustang and this and that. But what's your perspective on it? Well, I spent uh, an hour on the phone and subsequently another hour at LA Auto Show with a guy called Ted Canis, who's the head of Ford's EV. They call it T-Medicine. And it was, he was really candid about where they'd come from. Apparently, a couple of years ago, before the latest CEO took over, Jim, Jim Hackett, um, Ford's policy was basically stick electric motor in any other SUV and just tick a box. Mm-hmm. And then when the new CEO came in um, and a chap called Jim Farley came back from Europe, they looked at this and said, this is madness. You know, the world is turning electric. We need to be in the game. We need to be in the game now. And they realized that running this through the conventional Ford channels wouldn't work. So rather like they do with Ford Performance or like the GT program, they say, right, you're the team. Break the rules. Just get this thing done. You're in a separate office up the road because they're in the they're, they're in Corktown and, and just get on with it. And this little team has put this thing together. And according to Ted, he was saying that they've done all this research around what people think of EVs. Forty percent of people still think you have to put gas in an EV, according to their research. Okay. And 80% think that they're slow and have limited range, maybe driven by like Priuses and Uber and that sort of thing. So they're like, okay, we've got to combat this. So, and what is, then the next part was, well, what is Ford known for? It's known for performance, trucks, and to a lesser extent, SUVs. So it's like, okay, how can we leverage what we're known for? And also, it's a pretty chunky price point. So they said, okay, let's call it a Mustang. Because at the very least, you think of Mustang and you think of it being sporting. Yeah. So you've got a, Perception. I know Mustang's a bit of a double-edged sword that the image either works or doesn't work for you. So that was the thinking behind it. So we, we'll launch with a Mustang EV and then we'll have an F-150 EV coming not a bit before too long um, and almost present those like a premium premium brand. So we flew up to Detroit and, and had it in a, in a studio well ahead of everybody else and actually flew into a massive snowstorm, but we made it. And I like it. I know there's, you're going to get a lot of stick, but I, I thought actually, does this does this work as a as a thing? I think it looks good. It's a good size. It's the size of a Macan, but because it's an electric car, there's a lot more space inside. It's practical. The spec looks really good. It's going to be it's going to be fast. It's going to have a good range. I just thought I, I actually like this thing. And, and could I imagine myself buying one? Yeah. In or no, I wouldn't mm-hmm. buy one. I would lease one. At least, and and that's actually an issue because Ford isn't offering a lease on this, which I think is a. They're protecting their margins by doing that, but I think that's a misstep because our advice is if you're buying electric, always lease it. Okay. Uh, first off, I agree. I don't give a shit. I don't care if it's called a Mustang or not. Yeah. I'm looking at it for what it is. Is it a cool EV? And right now, it's kind of the first like real EV that I would consider because it actually has some of – it's got some practicality to it. It's the right size, especially for L.A., and it does have some performance characteristics that that I like. And what I mean by that is it's not performance characteristics that are new because it's an EV. It's performance characteristics that are tried and true, like Magnaride. When you yeah. get the GT or GT Performance Pack, I love Magnaride. I've driven it in several versions of their yeah, of their cars. Yeah, Corvette as well. Right? And I know how well it works. It's adjustability. It's different settings. And if you tell me, hey, man, I can get the suspension dynamics of a Corvette or the Mustang Bullet or GT500 in an EV, I like that, right? Because it's familiar to me. And instead of just telling me numbers about, like, how fast it is or whatever, like, yeah, but I don't know what that really means in an EV, Right, so I, I I am interested in it now. Uh, I do want to ask you about leasing versus buying. Ford is not. You're saying lease an electric vehicle, and I want to hear why. Uh, and then, if you can't lease an electric vehicle from the manufacturer like Ford, what's your feeling on like a third party leasing company? Well, the big thing here is so. Let's just get quite complicated. Bear with me. Oh, yeah. Manufacturers were, had something called a federal grant for $7,500. So when electric vehicles first came along, the government basically supported supported the adoption of them with a grant of $7,500. So Tesla had that and everybody else. But now if you sold a certain number of vehicles, I think it's a quarter of a million off the top of my head, then you no longer qualify for that grant. So Tesla doesn't get it. GM doesn't get it. 
But Ford, because they're latecomers to the market, which I think is kind of stupid, really, that you're penalising the people who did the heavy lifting. Yeah. Ford coming late to the market will qualify for this grant. Yeah. So you get $7,500 off. Now, there's two ways to do this. If you buy the vehicle, you then have to claim it through your personal tax return. And that obviously assumes you owe $7,500 worth of tax. But if you're buying a car with $45,000 plus, you probably, right, probably right. do. So basically what you're saying is that if you qualify for the full 7500 yeah. tax yeah. Uh, a benefit, you have to claim that as like income on your you – know, so uh, if you make sixty grand, you got to say you make sixty seven. No, you, you say if you make sixty grand and you owe twenty grand in tax – then you will offset seven and a half against your tax bill. So you'll save, but you only do that when you file your tax return. So let's say you yeah. buy in January, could be eighteen months till you get your money back. If you if you think about right. it, by the time and you file your tax if return, you, qual- you qualify for the full it, it, seven if, and a half grand. If you've qualified, now most people at this price point should because they're likely to be be paying more than seven and a half in tax. The next, if you lease a vehicle, and I did this with my BMW, if you if you lease it, you can actually bake – most of the time, you will bake the value of that federal tax credit into the lease value. So basically, reduce the monthly payments. And you do that because on a lease, the manufacturer retains ownership of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. So they claim the 7.5. So with my BMW, for example, you look at the original – my i3, you look at the original price. And then by the time they factored all this in, the lease is like four fifty a month, which – yeah, still a lot of money, but but more achievable. The problem with the Ford is they're not doing that. So even if you do like a, they do something called Ford Options, where you, which is kind of like a lease but not a lease, you actually own the vehicle. So your monthly payment is going to be that much higher, you know, six, seven, eight hundred, and then you're going to have to try and claim this back down the line. Which I think they've done it that way partly because Ford makes more money. They're not going to build so many. They're going to build 50,000 globally in the first year because they've got battery supply problems, which is a bit of a legacy of not getting into EVs fast enough. So they're basically saying, okay, we can sell all, we can sell all of these. We can make enough money, so let's not do a lease product. I mean, guarantee that if, if sales dipped, you know, they'd be in with a lease. But you know, that, that's the big black mark against it for me right now. It, and it's super complicated, yeah. but – I yeah, mean, yeah, no, no, it's and it and it's interesting, and it's maybe maybe there is a certain number of mock E's that they need to sell before they can introduce a lease, or maybe enough people will speak out and say we need a lease before it even becomes available. Yeah. They're taking deposits now on the base model, not the GT. Yeah, GT is yeah. coming later. I mean, the main thing from our from Edmund's advice has always been two things really. The technology is moving on super fast. So mm. battery power and battery length and everything else in three years' time will, will be in a very different place. Um, and also, you know, residual values on EVs are very hit and miss. Teslas are okay, but they control the market. Um, but if you look at things like Nissan Leaf and things like that, residuals yeah. are rubbish. So you kind of hedge it by by leasing. Okay. Well, interesting times. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, uh, we're going to run out of time. I want to get into a couple more things. But before we do, let me tell you a little bit about our friends at Dodge. Hurry into your local Dodge dealer where they bring you performance, technology, and great deals. You don't have to wait until Black Friday to get a great deal because Dodge right now is offering Dodge is uh, Power Dollars. With Power Dollars, you get $10 off for each horsepower of your new car. That's every 2019 Dodge Charger, every 2019 Challenger. And if you buy a 2019 SRT Hellcat Red Eye, you receive an almost $8,000 cash allowance. You get more power and get more off. It's that simple. Hurry into your local Dodge dealer today for the Dodge Black Friday sales event, which is going on all month long. And take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. Uh, I drove a Dodge yesterday with Mr. Samuel Hubinetz for a little uh, addendum to our uh, horsepower challenge. Oh yeah, that's right. the uh, The contest is still going on. You can follow uh, Dodge on uh, Instagram. You can follow Goldberg on uh, on Instagram as well. You guys get the rules. Goldberg nine five and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. You can get the rules on how to do that. It's a lot of build yelling and videos, and uh, <laughs> people seem to people seem to like that for um, some reason. I don't I don't know why. Um, you know, it's a far far depiction of what my normal life is. <laughs> they're like. All right, everything you just shot, Bill, was great. Can you do it this time with yelling? You're like, sure. <laughs> um, no, it's good. Uh, but before we wrap, I want to I want to ask um, Alistair about the the new Corvette. Um, you know, it's 
been announced a few months now. I know you guys got one on order along with your Shelby GT500. You got a chance to drive the Corvette recently. What did you drive? What configuration? Tell me about it. So we we'll, we drove the uh, pretty much the one that you would want. It had a few more uh, luxury items, but basically in the in the spec that you want. So with the Magna Ride and and the performance kit and everything else. And I have to say, I was really impressed by it. Yeah, um, we've got a. If you go to our YouTube channel, Edmund's YouTube channel, we've got a film out about it at the moment. But it which which is doing great. But it. I drove it on the road, and then I drove it at our, our test track, and particularly on the track. You know, it feels like a proper mid-engined supercar. Yeah, okay. And, you know, it's it's there's a lot of things going for it. You know, it's the last remaining naturally aspirated V8 uh, that you can get uh, in any in any yeah. supercar okay. now because uh, the Lambos and the Audis are V10s. Uh, it is great value, and it feels like a different experience. It doesn't feel like a... You know, the old Corvette—it always felt like a Corvette. This this is giving you a genuine supercar experience at a fraction of the price. And you know, the brakes are great. The the steering really surprised me how good the steering was. It's agile. It's—I was really impressed by it. So you, you drove it on a track, yeah, and you drove it around town as well. Where did you get to? Like, yeah. what, how is it? Like, you know, everybody that. Look, the track stuff I kind of expected to be fantastic, but most people that drive that car are just going to drive that around town, right? Yeah. Because it's a cool looking car and it, you know. And it's, it, again, better than better than one might have expected. It's the ride quality particularly, because as you say, most people are going to cruise around yeah. cities in them. The ride quality is borderline luxurious. Again, this car had Magna Ride, which we're, which we're fans of. Yeah. Um, and they really good compromise. I mean, they yeah, there's a few things like the you know over the shoulder visibility. It's a mid-engine car. You know, you tend to tend to accept that. But yeah, as a thing to as a thing to drive around town, as a thing to live with, and that was the big question: Has it gone away from being a car that you could genuinely drive every day? I think you could. Is the front axle lift fast? Because the front axle lift feature on a lot of cars, Porsche, McLaren, you got to start doing that a block or two away because it is slow. Well, the fun- only the four GT that thing pops up like a lowrider. Well, that's just hydraulics on the GT. <laughs> just- that, that was. I remember the first. I remember I did the <clears throat> the original drive of that, and I couldn't yeah. I couldn't believe what that what was happening. Was the first just- time I hit it, I was like, oh, it broke. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Le Mans. Um, the, yeah, the Corvette thing also has this very cool feature, which is it's GPS based. So if mm-hmm. you're driving. If you basically learn, so if you're driving home and you know there's a few speed bumps or you know you've got to go up into your driveway or something like that, it, the car will actually learn and automatically raise the nose. Do not order a Corvette without one. That would be my advice. It would be madness. Yeah, you need it. Yeah, you're going to just smash the front of that thing on everything. Yeah. But as we've talked about before on the show, you know it starts at 60k and that's the headline figure. But to get the one that you want is just over 70. So it's not like they're really playing, you know, yeah. really pulling a fast one. It's and not I, ninety grand. It's, yeah, and it's a friend 70. of mine said he configured it with the options he liked, and he, he was at eighty five with it. But, but, which is which is good. By the way, still sub hundred. Like it's yeah. not not ninety four thousand sub. The, the you know, di- it's it, it's it's significantly sub hundred. There's a few. I mean, there's still a few. Of the seats weren't great. That was the that had the like the. What they're like, they're supposed to be super, super aggressive sports seats, which just weren't. And but it's and the interior is better in real life. In pictures, you get this very all where the air conditioning controls go. Yeah, the line of, of switches. Yeah, and in 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 the in pictures, it looks really weird and imposing. But actually, in real life, it's 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 a lot easier to to, to live with. That's interesting to hear. It's a good example of how how using it is 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 going to make the difference. Like getting in it and actually messing with it is is the game changer when as far as just seeing it in photos and we do see a lot of that we see a lot of things in photos going eh, i don't know about this i don't know about that and uh, uh uh but when you get in and start playing with it and you're like oh this does actually feel right now i see why they did this when, when by the time you get into a certain seating position your arms and your legs are at a certain angle uh, you want things within control that you know within reach that that makes sense. So, but square steering wheel is still stupid. Stupid in Aston Martin. Stupid in a Corvette. <laughs> um, I, I also noticed that um, I don't know. Did you do a drive with the Audi uh, RS6 uh, wagon? No, personally, I haven't been in that yet. I did drive the Taycan last week, which was which uh, I, I'm slightly embargoed under that. In that I can't. <laughs> but it's a 4S. 
So yeah. we're, we're all signed some big legal document that we can't talk about to December, but I can tell you it's very good. Yeah, everybody's really telling good. me that. Everybody's driving. That, that's the Porsche, the all-electric Porsche. Yeah. Uh, is everyone's saying it's fantastic. It's got this cool sound mode as well. There, but oh, so I was the Mach E. I, I was the Mac E. <laughs> I was driving. I was driving back into into LA. Took it at Angeli's Crest, the, the Taycan. And I, we, I was with the cameraman, and we said, actually, you know what? I'd rather have one of these than a 911. Uh, they basically priced identically to the new 911. Starts at just over 100, plus all the options. Is a 911 100,000? 911, even a Carrera is now 100K. A Carrera S, the Carrera S we had on test, which had options on it. But the options were like stuff that you'd like rear, rear steering, stuff that you'd actually want. It was like 140 grand. Jeez. They used to be turbo price. Oh, everything's just price. got got so expensive. Uh-oh. You just activated your. I activated Siri. Yeah, activated Siri, Siri somehow. <laughs> Somebody's super bitching about Whoa. Porsche prices. <laughs> she's talking about. Um, she's saying surely not. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to have to get into more uh, LA Auto Show stuff at another time. Um, but we've got lots of photos coming up. I think the best thing to do is. Uh, is uh, go to edmunds.com slash road noise. You guys got a video about the Mach E. About the Mach E or the Mach E or whichever one you <laughs> the, wish. And, and the Corvette. Uh, and, 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 and the Corvette and the Porsche. You're right. The, uh, and yeah, the, Por- the Porsche is coming up in, in middle of December. We've also December the 11th launching our top rated. I'll come in and talk about that. That's our, that's our big awards thing of the year. Um, so it's a it's a really busy time, and we did something crazy like sixty pieces of content around the LA Auto Show. So it's all there. Edmunds.com slash road noise. There you go. All right, guys, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, of course, you can find us at carcastshow.com, and uh, uh, we're on iTunes as you guys are listening. But we appreciate a nice little review. Uh, you can follow me at Motorator. Been posting lots of photos from SEMA and LA Auto Show and all kinds of other stuff that are going on, and. Uh, you can get uh, you can get Goldberg. He's Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter. Goldberg nine five and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. And uh, Alistair Alistair Weaver on Twitter and Weavometer on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I I wasn't making fun of that one this time. You were laughing on your own. It um, goes back to what you're saying about Elon Musk. If I yeah. just call myself Alistair Weaver, nobody follow me. Now I'm Weavometer. Weavometer. People, like that, people so. are gonna. I'm interested in that. I want to follow that. Um, uh, like we said, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. And, of course, uh, we've got some great documentaries out there as well. Uh, the 24-Hour War and the Shelby documentary are both on Netflix. I just watched them. They're great. Um, I think you guys will enjoy them as well. And if you want to give them as a gift, go to chassis.com, C-H-A-S-S-Y. You can order the DVDs. You can order the Blu-rays. I'll give you a little heads up and tell you that the uh, Shelby Blu-ray has some extra footage and when they did sort of the upscaling of, of like the 16 millimeter footage on Blu-ray, it looks fantastic. So buy the Blu-ray. Um, that's pretty much uh, all we got for this time. So thanks, guys. Until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Imagine a world where animals and humans coexist in harmony, where wild animals thrive, habitats are protected, and marginalized communities are empowered. At International Animal Rescue, this is our vision. Our holistic, community-led projects not only rescue animals, but also protect and replenish precious habitats, creating a better future for us all. But we can't do this without you. Show your support now and help keep the wild, wild. Visit internationalanimalrescue.org.